Welcome to Conversations Live. For more than a decade, we've brought you the best in books, entertainment, celebrity interviews, and current events. When the movers and shakers of the world have something to say to you, they say it to us first. Here's your host, Cyrus Webb. Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again. But for our radio audience tuning in at WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com, we're glad that you all could be with us. Also, tuning in to our online affiliates around the world, we're glad you all could join us as well. I think all of us have gone through experiences in life that we've not only been able to learn things about others, but also, I think, better understand ourselves. Our next guest has definitely been able to do that, and she's chronicled a lot of her own life lessons, both personally and professionally, and her brand new book. We're excited to welcome Marilyn Moss Rockefeller to our program today. She's the author of the new book, Mountain Girl, From Barefoot to Boardroom. We'll talk to Marilyn not only about the writing of the book, but also the reflections on her life, the life lessons she's been able to get even growing up, and how they were able to help her as she navigated the different challenges in her life, and now what she's able to share with all of us. Marilyn, really appreciate the time today. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Thank you, and it's a pleasure to be on your show. Oh, look, the pleasure is definitely all mine. I, when I was first pitched this book, Marilyn, I, I tell people a lot of times, I go into things without a lot of expectations or what it's going to be about. And I'm, and I'm glad that I did that with this particular book because it allows us to be able to see exactly not only where you are today, but also how you got there. What was that experience like for you, Marilyn, to be able to reflect on as you were writing Mountain Girl? Well, it was um... – I didn't intend to write it, for one thing. I started out to just write about the company that I co-founded with my former husband and and how we and how I had ended up running it and coming out of debt and selling it and um, the culture that we created there. And when I went back to uh, school, to graduate school, to get uh, some help in learning some tools to write, um, I got my master's in creative writing in uh, Louisville, uh, Kentucky. And during that time, they said, "Wait a minute, you we've got the the, the reader will need to know who you are. Um, you you ran this company without any business experience. Where did it come from? Where, the type of leadership that you did." So then I started writing this book, and it was hard writing about your. Well, I don't know. Some people maybe can do it, but. I had a hard time starting to write about myself. It was just not something I liked to do and talk about myself. But when I finally got into it and I ended up rewriting it, oh, I don't know, 30 or 35 times. Uh, I remember uh, Joan Didion had said one time that she rewrote her books 50 times before they really went to publisher. And I didn't do it 50 times, but I'll tell you, there's a stack of drafts in my office. Um, and during that time, I learned each time I rewrote it, I learned more about writing, but also about myself. Yeah. And it started to become clear why I was writing the book as I was learning about myself. And and then it took on this more serious tone of, God, maybe I really do have something to share here with and in, try to instill and inspire another either young women or young men. I'm getting men calling me as well. And um and I'm I'm just stunned at how how it's been received 
because it's very gratifying for me to know that what I ended up doing really meant something to other people that they resonated with. Yeah. I, I think, and I totally agree with that, which is why I said that in my introduction, Marilyn, that I think there are so many ways that this book becomes introspective, but also, I think, uh, a, a roadmap in many ways uh, for others to be able to take a look at. So I want to go back to the beginning in some respects, because I think there was some foreshadowing there uh, for you, Marilyn, yes. especially with your father. And I love the example yes. you give in the book with you riding the bike. And and him telling you that you can do it, and you saying, you know, that basically, yes, you know, I can, I can do this. What what does it mean like for you to see how that mantra, how that mindset has helped you both in your personal life and your professional life? The idea that you that you could put your mind to something and actually do it. Well, I think he instilled it in me so deeply that uh, every time I was faced with uh, either an issue or a problem or a situation or something I feared, um, I, his voice would just come to me right away with, no, no, don't turn your back on it. Don't stop. You can do it. And I would say over and over, I can do it. I can do it. And it was, um, it was pretty significant, and I still carry it with me now at the age of 83. <laughs> so yeah. I still have more things to do, I hope, in my life. Yeah. And I think that's it. I think that message is such a timeless one for all of us, regardless of our age and where we find ourselves, you know, that to don't don't put limitations on ourselves, right? And this came right. to you yeah. I think in some literal ways, Marilyn, but also some figurative ways as well, when you literally had things falling down around you. <laughs> you know, and you know, and being able to, to navigate that. Did, was business something that always appealed to you, that running a business, was that something you always thought would be something you could do? Oh, good heavens, no. I uh, <laughs> I really wanted to do something in artist, artist uh, or in um, art. Or also, when I was young, I wanted to be a doctor. And um, so running a business was not even – ever crossed my mind, didn't even cross my mind, but I was sort of forced into it. And, and when you have bills that need to be paid and, and you have two children and uh, your husband's not running a business and it's going downhill and your stepfather has lost his investment that he put into the company and he says, Marilyn, get in there and run the company. I just had to get that mantra from my real father uh, back when I was, you know, in uh, before I was nine years old, of I can do it. Uh, he started with me at a very young age because um, he had wanted a, fa- a son. And uh, unfortunately, I came out a girl. And he said, damn, a girl. But then he decided that he was going to make do with what he got. And he just told me, over and over when I was young, you can do anything a boy can do. And it just never occurred to me that I couldn't. So I guess those what led me into and got me out of situations um, more successfully than if I hadn't had that father. 
And you had not only individuals like your father, Marilyn, but we also were able to meet other individuals in your life as well, like Roger. And I love that uh, instance that you share in the book where um, the idea of the sign that he said that you all were going to be able to hang, do it right first time, every time. And, you know, not all conversations are easy. My friends have told me that when it comes to myself, Marilyn, that not all conversations with me can be easy. But I love the fact how you're able to reflect on things. And you say this in the book after that conversation with Roger. Taking risk, trial and error, wasn't that my usual style of learning? and trusting limiting production as well as adding more expenses were difficult decisions based on trust. But the more time I spent with Roger, the more I believed in his process and in him. Making the changes was hard for everyone, but isn't change usually hard? I love that because I think that's the thing, right? Just because we're making a change um, does not mean it's going to be easy, even though we know change is necessary and inevitable. Talk to us about that mindset, because I think for many people, that mindset is not quite there, or it takes them some time to kind of to accept that. How, how did accepting change, how did that help you? Hmm, well, with the company, uh, uh, considerably, and I think also with myself, um, you know, I had grown up at, uh, well, first I started on the farm with my parents, a self-sustaining par- farm in which I did the chores and milking and the chickens and the gardens and so on. And and in that environment, I learned what I called my set of values that I have always brought with me everywhere, which is um, trust and respect, caring and sharing. And that was really what I took into leading the company, that I didn't have any business skills. And so I just had to be me and get in there and do trial and error and and try to work with employees so that we were all became teachers and leaders and learners and listening. Listening was extremely important. And I still wasn't that we didn't make any money, but we were having our products go out uh, all over the world. And I'd get calls from Japan and China and Korea and Europe and South America of people using our tents and saying that it was the best tent in the world. So when Roger Street came in, uh, unexpected, uninvited, a shareholder had met him and told him to give me a call. And uh, he came in and literally told me I was making crap. And the hairs on the back of my neck stood up. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. We make the best tent in the world, I said very proudly. And he said, yeah? Then how come your bottom line is in the red? And what are all those tents over there on the shelf? And I said, oh, those are the ones that we uh, inspect, and there's something wrong with them, so we sell them a second. And he said, well, there's where your profit is. And, And it was really hard to start to change because the philosophy was in the process we weren't i wasn't letting our employees do do quality do the best that he or she could and not intentionally but the machines were old things didn't work well the patterns weren't uh, accurate uh, and all these things sort of added up to some products getting inspected and couldn't go out. 
So he said, well, we've got to start at the very beginning. And he just went around uh, to everyone and found out the things that were happening were so easily fixed. But to do that, we had to say, we're not going to try to make 150 or 200 tents this week, even though we have orders for them. We're only going to make five. And I thought all my employees would quit right then. And we, I just had to keep working with them and convincing them that we had to have trust in this man that had been so successful with Toyota and uh, Jacuzzi. And there were many big companies that he turned around with this total quality management process of where you put the quality in at the very beginning and you evaluate every single step of the way where it can be corrected. So I, it was hard. I mean, they, you know, my employees would say, look, I've been sewing, you know, for 25 years and, you know, you, I can't be uh, told how to sew. I know how to sew. And he said, I'm not trying to tell you how to sew. I'm telling you that your machine gobs up on the bottom here and that gets sent over on that shelf over there. And that's just throwing money away. So that was, it was hard. And and even with my directors, when I told him that this process was going to probably take about a year or two and it was going to be costly because we had to go very slowly and I still had to meet payroll, even though we weren't getting a hundred tenths out a week or whatever. And um, they had trust in me. And the, I think just the whole process in this company was built on what I brought to it, which was trust, trust and respect and sort of, Definitely giving that opportunity for each employee, you know, to reach their full potential. And I always had that in the back of my mind that everyone could do and be something that they really thought they could be if they just applied themselves and given the opportunity. So I don't know if I answered your question very well or not, but. You did. You, you you definitely did. And I think, Marilyn, that's why I think a book like this, even though it is your story, it is a story that has so many lessons for all of us. There are parts of it that are entertaining, definitely engaging, but I think that's what life is. And as you just mentioned in the in the portion that I just read, change is a part of it all for us, you know, for each mm-hmm. one of us. Is that what you hope people take away from it? Now, as you mentioned in the beginning, this is not a book you intended to write, but now that you have <laughs> – all of us can read it. Uh, it is part of what you hope happens is that we able to realize not only the the preciousness of life, but the possibilities of life. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that if if you talk to any of my former employees, they'll come up to me in the street now and say, "Marilyn, you changed my life completely," and wow. and it's it's just. It gives me goose pimples now. You know, it just was such a an, an unbelievable way of learning, uh, even though there were many hard times and trying to meet payroll every week and trying to get a loan and 
you know, trying to own my former husband being a little difficult to really deal with because he was an artist and not someone who liked particularly, you know, perfection. He wanted that ability to keep designing, not fix things. And um, so he sort of left and went on to design and be more of an artist that that I guess he felt was important to him. Yeah. Well, I tell you, it is a really is an inspiring book as your journey has been, Marilyn. I'm so glad we had a chance to talk about it again, everyone. Marilyn Moss Rockefeller has been our guest. The book is Mountain Girl: From Barefoot to Boardroom, and must read. Of course, you can get it through our friends at Amazon.com. It's published by Island Port Press. Uh, Marilyn, really appreciate you stopping by the program today. How can our audience stay connected with you? How how can they get a hold of me? Is that what yes. you said? Yes, oh, ma'am. yes. I have a, a website, MarilynMMoss.com. MarilynMMoss.com. We'll make sure that we link that up for our audience. Marilyn, again, congratulations to you. Thank you again for the time and looking forward to speaking with you again. And thank you very much, Cyrus. And uh, I'm so appreciative you had me on. It was a pleasure. Oh. Thank you. I appreciate that, Marilyn. And we thank your audience for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webster. As always, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live. Now let's go make today amazing. Take care.